Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. Hey guys, I really want to shout out HCA Healthcare for sponsoring today's episode. It can be tough to transition from a student to a professional nurse. That's why I want to tell you all about HCA Healthcare's nurse residency program. This program supports newly graduating nursing students at the early stages of their career. HCA Healthcare's year-long nurse residency program helps first-year nurses transition from the classroom to working in the field with confidence. Plus, nursing residents get access to a range of opportunities to learn from specialists in various areas, such as ER, critical care ICU, and surgical services, plus a variety of other great benefits. Learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. HCA Healthcare is an equal opportunity employer. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at Nurse.org. Now, you know I love coming to talk to you. We talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. And on today's show, I wanted to invite one of my nurse.org family members. She's a contributor. Her name is Diana Page. She's a board certified acute care nurse practitioner. She's an outpatient neurology nurse practitioner, burnout expert, and a mentor helping exhausted nursing professionals have optimal work-life balance through mentorship, education, empowerment, and community Oh, and she's also the founder of Self-Care Catalyst. She founded that in 2020, and she's helped dozens of nurses find fulfillment outside of work and find clarity in their place of nursing and help stay connected and supported with thousands of nurses through her social media platforms. Obviously, she's the burnout expert, and as she'll call herself, a burnout survivor, but she's also a mom. And so that's one of the things that I really wanted to tackle. We talk a lot about burnout, especially as nurses and providers. And we don't really talk about what happens at home when many of us are responsible for whole other little people and sometimes older people, sometimes our parents, you know, but we're caregivers at home as well. And we don't really talk about sometimes the burnout that happens with that and how sometimes it's like pick or choose work, open house. And I'm a mom too. So she's a mom. And we just wanted to talk about this and give nurses a safe space and to kind of listen about a candid conversation about burnout not only in the work profession, but also at home and how do you handle it, juggle it. And so we feel a lot better. So Diana, welcome to the show and please help us. We want to know how can we survive burnout, not as a nurse, but as a parent and get away from this thing that we call mom guilt. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey uh, through nursing? Sure. Well, so first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. This is a topic I love talking about because I feel like moms kind of tend to be the, you know, forgotten tribe sometimes. And really all this stuff applies to any parent or caregiver, really. I mean, obviously there's a lot of, you know, step parents or fathers who are in the healthcare world. So all of this really applies to anyone caring for 
people at home outside of the workplace, you know, because we have this unique place in life where we're caring at work and we're caring at home and we're just caregivers all over the place. And so that can be really difficult. But so I am, yes, I am an acute care nurse practitioner, uh, but I now work in the outpatient world. I worked inpatient for many years and I am a burnout survivor. I won't tell you the nitty gritty details, but (laughs) let's just say it didn't really go well um, for me there. Um, And this is a much better fit for me. I work in neurology. I treat patients mostly who suffer from epilepsy. Uh, That's kind of my subspecialty, which I love. I've done it for, I've been an MP now for 12 years, but I was a career changer. I worked in a research lab before that. I thought I was going to like do the PhD route and kind of, you know, do cancer research and that definitely wasn't my jam after a little while. It was more, you know, I really needed to have that connection with people and not you know, pipettes and and Petri dishes. So I switched it up. I went back to school. I did a direct entry nursing program, worked in community health as a nurse while I was in school and worked in neuro ever since I graduated. So that's my deal. I'm a parent. I have an amazing partner, which is, I'm very grateful for that. And my kids are, gosh, how old are they? They're six and three. So they're just little nuggets, but they're great. It's the best. Kids are special. I love my kids, but I don't know. I, ne- I never really wanted to be a pediatric nurse, but I think it's because I had pe- I felt like I had mm-hmm. peds at home. So you have this accomplished career as a nurse practitioner. As many people, it's it's a good thing. You know, sometimes we enter into a specialty. We're like, ah, oh, not my jam. And then we find out what is. So that's good that you're mm-hmm. able to find that neuro was your thing. And you did say you were a burnout survivor and you're mm-hmm. juggling, you know, family at home. So I don't know about you, Diana, but sometimes I struggle. I struggle with balancing. I'm already burnt out at work. And then Mm -hmm. I come home and I love my family very much, but sometimes I get burnt out on family too. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. Of course we all do. But we don't talk about, you know, the burnout that also happens that like the double burnout, I'll say that happens when we, after that Mm -hmm. long shift in the clinic and the hospital, and then we have to come home and we have loved ones that we need to take care of. So how do nurses manage that? This question alone, we could talk about for like 300 hours because it's like pretty complicated, right? I mean, there's some people who come home and they have support when they come home. You know, they have a partner or someone like, you know, a babysitter or someone to help them. And then there's people who don't have that kind of support. So I think it can be different for everybody. I think the idea of when we're looking at burnout prevention or burnout in general, we're looking like most of us are striving for some some semblance of balance, right? Like that's kind of like we're looking for that sort of work-life balance, so to speak. But I think when it comes to realistic expectations, it's more of like work-life integration. Like sometimes your mom hat's going to be on more. Sometimes your your work hat's going to be on more. And it's about letting go of unrealistic expectations sometimes, right? Like we can't do all the things and that's okay. I know it's hard. And we'll talk about mom guilt, I'm sure, at some point in this conversation <laughs> at nauseum. But you know, it's kind of recognizing like what your role is in that moment and what you can and can't do, like what your bandwidth is, because we all have a capacity, right? We are very capable human beings. Like we are all super smart. We can do the hard things, but we only have a certain capacity. So it's recognizing kind of what that looks like for you. I think the biggest thing and the thing that served me the most and what really was a huge part of my own burnout survivor healing journey was the idea of setting really healthy boundaries in life and at work. Like boundaries are non-negotiable when it comes to burnout prevention. And that can look like a lot of different things. You know, that can look like a boundary with your work and the fact that you're not, you know, bringing work home with you or even a boundary with yourself where you're, you know, like, okay, 
I can ask for help. This is okay for me to say like, hey, you know, I need to ask someone for support. So boundaries are huge. And a lot of really a lot of kindness to ourselves is important. Self-compassion is huge. So we should, you know, allow ourselves some grace, right? Because we're, we're not perfect. We strive to be perfect. And I know you can multitask and manage, you know, the most critical patients or five or six patients and get it done in no mm-hmm. snap. But then, you know, that's work. When you come home, things are a lot different. But the, mm-hmm. what I really wanted to tap on was the boundaries piece. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, many people, we have nurses, nursing students, various levels of experience and tenure. Yep. Sometimes boundaries are hard for us to maintain because we're such givers. We're caring. Like we always go above and beyond what we, you know, what's required of us because we're, we love taking care of people. And then also some of us feel like we can't say no because it's work. Our bosses are expecting us to do certain things or there's no one else to really do it if I don't do it. So can you give us maybe a couple of tips on how to really establish boundaries? Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's say we have some new grads who are listening. They're just excited. They got their first job, right? I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm in my probationary mm-hmm. period. I don't want to get fired because it took me forever to find this job. Mm-hmm. How do you really mm-hmm. protect your boundaries while still being a quote unquote good worker, uh, a good mm-hmm. team player at work? I love this question because this is exactly what the reason I burned out was because I didn't have this advice myself early on. So I love that you're asking this because as a new grad, I entered the workplace and I was like ready to do all the things, right? You're like, I am ready to get going. I've worked super hard for this. Like I spent all this time on my education. Like you're a helper, you're a giver, you're like getting in the game. This is like your Super Bowl. you're ready. And then when you go in, a lot of times we don't understand our limits, number one, right? Like we think like we can do more than we can. Then we kind of learn the hard way and that's okay. But also like setting some expectations for what you can and can't do is really important. You know, for me, I was a yes person. I was a people pleaser. I was feeling that imposter syndrome. I wasn't super confident, right? You're entering the workplace and you're like, oh my gosh, like I have to prove myself, right? I have to make sure they know that I can do this and that I am really good at my job. So you're saying yes all the time because you want to prove yourself, right? So a lot of times it's about, you know, working on the confidence piece and about like identifying when there's people pleasing or imposter syndrome happening, because that can really drive you away from boundaries and cloud the fact that you accept the fact that you're worthy of those boundaries. Mm. I think, you know, sometimes we say to ourselves like, oh, I can do it. So I'm going to do it. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Exactly. And that comes in play all the time, right? Like when I'm here with my kids, like just because I can put their coat and shoes in their cubby, should I? No, they can do it. I can set that boundary and I can say, you know, hey, honey, like I think you really need to start putting your shoes. I mean, obviously my kids are a little older, so I have that ability. But the point is, is like sometimes you can delegate. Delegation. That actually is a very essential role to nursing that sometimes we're not good at. We're not good at that. Right, right. So delegation is one form of boundary setting in a lot of ways. But, you know, one of my mentees recently, she's a new grad, and she was taking on a lot of OT. She was taking, she was covering a lot of shifts to the point where she was working like six, seven shifts in a row and working like 24 hours, you know, this craziness in the sense of like she was tapped, but she didn't want to say no because she wanted to be the reliable, friendly kind of go with the flow. But the problem is she then became a target Mm. of other people who were tapped out who were like, cool, well, she's going to say yes. So I'm going to ask her 
So then you become the go-to yes person, which is hard because then you end up getting all this kind of downstream effect. So I think, you know, with new nurses also like before you say yes to something, just say, hey, let me check my schedule and I'll get back to you. Or like have some sort of, you know, line that you use as a go-to that just buys you some time. And then you can look at your calendar. You can sit down, take a few deep breaths and like assess the situation and then decide, do I have the capacity for this? If so, cool, take the OT, get the extra pay, whatever you want to do. If you don't and you're exhausted and you really wanted to have that date night with your partner or you really wanted to, you know, go out of town, then you say no and that's okay. I think that's important. I learned to stop saying yes, especially in the moment, even though like, oh yeah, I can help. I can do let me check my calendar. Mm-hmm. Give, let me get back to you. Just do that. Even mm-hmm. if you think you can do it, just give yourself mm-hmm. a minute to just really double check because sometimes we, our calendar, we forget, oh, and I have this appointment or I have, the, you know, the kids have this or, you know, my partner has this going on or I'm just tired. I need a couple, I've been working so many days in a row. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. No one's going to get upset with you or they shouldn't. So let me say this while we're talking about, you know, protecting our boundaries, we also need to make sure when we're on the other side, that we're graceful when people decline, guys, we have to be okay with that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you want your boundaries to be respected, just know that you can't just constantly push, push, push someone else's boundaries to the limit. I've experienced that. Now, some people will say, Oh, well, it's a compliment when they ask you to keep doing these things. Oh, you must do a really good job. And you're dependable. So that's why they ask you. I don't need that compliment. Go somewhere with that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm just so exactly. serious. Like I literally, and this is not too long ago. I was working four days out of the week. So, okay. Three days off. That's reasonable. Okay. To, I mean, to have that, so I could do my appointments, get rest and mm-hmm. do things with my family. Every day I was off, I got asked to come into work every single day. So I just mm-hmm. thought to myself, if I went to work every time I was asked, I'd be working every day. So now I'm going to pivot a little bit. So there are times where like, you know what, the OT would be nice. The money would be nice. Right. But then I did it a couple of times and then I felt guilty because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm spending more time at work and with caring for other people than I am for the people that I just brought into this world. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it's supposed to go. I think I'm supposed to take care of them first and then the other people. So I would feel guilty. And then sometimes just not even realizing like, oh shoot, I missed that open house. Or maybe mm-hmm. there was some optional, I don't know, coffee with the principal and the something, something like, yeah. even though it can sound very benign, you know, I learned that, you know, kids really, even though they act like that you get on their nerves, they really want you to be there. They want you to show up. And so I yeah, felt guilt. I would feel guilty. Can you talk to us a little bit about what mom guilt is or maybe dad guilt? Maybe your dad listened to I'm not excluding the dads out there, guys. Okay. There's this guilt that we feel. So can you help us understand, you know, that feeling? Cause some people are probably like, Oh, that's what I'm feeling. I think that the mom guilt, unfortunately, starts like even when we're pregnant, you know, because I think like, you know, you eat the Pop-Tart and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm growing this human. Like, why did I eat a Pop-Tart? I feel so bad about this. You know, we're always kind of like overthinking. I mean, I had like a total meltdown over like a shrimp salad because I thought I had like killed the kid in my stomach because it wasn't cooked enough. You know, it's like we think these things that are totally crazy or not crazy, but just, you know, a little out there. But I think that the mom guilt can come into play in a lot of ways. You know, it's hard when you enjoy your job and you enjoy being a mom, right? You want to do both really, really well. And it's hard to feel like you're doing everything subpar, right? Like you feel like you can't show up at work really well. You feel like, cause you're being pulled home. And when you're home, you're being pulled at work. And it's just that feeling like you're not good enough or that you aren't 
a good mom or a good dad or that you're in some way failing at your role. And a lot of times when it comes to mom guilt, the thing that helps me a lot whenever I'm feeling that, oh my gosh, like I'm not doing well, like this, like they're having egos for dinner. Like this is not, this is not good. <laughs> like why, why is this happening? You know, is just to look at the evidence in your life that supports the fact that you are an amazing parent, that you're an amazing mom. And this really comes through for anything. Whenever we have negative self-talk about anything, whether it be like work or home or your partner, or just like about qualities that you have or stories that we tell ourselves, just looking at evidence in your life. Like, you know, my son told me he loves me and, you know, I had this great birthday party for him last weekend, whatever it looks like, you know, like I read him books before bed last night and we snuggled and it was a really beautiful moment. Like those are the moments to kind of revisit and say, no, like I'm doing a good job and I'm doing the best I can with the resources that I have in this moment, you know? Right. You're right. You know, mom guilt or dad guilt can start very early on because we do. We want to provide the best for our kids. But, you know, we love being a nurse and some of us have to work. Right. That's how we take care of of our kids. And so I think it's really a fine balance, you know, protecting your personal time for yourself and for your family and then the things at work. And, you know, let me just say this to all the parents, whether you are a, a natural parent or whether you're a bonus mom, bonus dad, or even just a, you know, an auntie or uncle or someone who's maybe stepped up to the plate to really help, help take care of kids. Taking care of kids is a hard, it's hard. And it seemed like every time I was in nursing school, I was pregnant. I think, <laughs> I mean, even going through nursing school, it's hard being a parent, you know, even when you're pregnant, going through nursing school or working is, is hard. So it's really important that you guys just take the time to recognize that it's tough. Sometimes you feel like you're making some real sacrifices and you are, but to not beat yourself up and to allow yourself some grace. Like Diana said, you're doing the best that you can with the resource that are giving. For many of us, and I'll just say this, I was raising little ones as I was going through nursing school. So I had some in diapers, some like walking around, but you know, when they can walk, when they're too slow and some, you still pick them up anyways. And it was just hard trying to balance that with school, with work. And as a nurse, we're caregivers. A majority of nurses are, are women. We're caregivers and we're, you know, the, the mothers of the family. And we're usually the person who's in charge of everyone's care. Even, even sometimes our partners care. We have to remind our partners, did you go for your wellness visit yet? Like, what, did, what were the labs? What did they mm-hmm. say? Like, you know, we're doing all these mm-hmm. things, caring for other people, but we don't take good care of ourselves. We always put ourselves mm-hmm. last on the list. So whether it's burnout, whether it's mom guilt, all the way around, I think we're still neglecting ourselves. By the way, Diana has a self-care catalyst. So I want you to talk to us a little bit more about the work that you do and how Mm. you help nurses. Of course. Yeah. So it's interesting. I actually started this right before the pandemic hit. I started at the end of 2019 and it was one of those things. It's funny that we're talking about mom stuff because it was one of those things I had for a long time done a lot on my own kind of personal development journey and like really like looking at burnout and looking at like tools to keep burnout at bay, mostly selfishly, because I'd never wanted to experience it again. <laughs> I was just like, I need to have all the tools in my toolbox so I can go into any job and feel like I'm protected and I, you know, have have these things at my disposal. But I, you know, had kids and, you know, life gets crazy and you're working and momming and, you know, my kids finally were old enough where I had a minute to look around and, you know, reassess like, oh, hey, where are the friends I used to hang out with? Like, you know, what's going on? And then everyone around me was burned out. Like a lot of my friends from grad school, all these people that I love dearly. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. 
like, what is going on? Why is this happening? Like, we can do better than this. This is like, this isn't fair. I'm a Libra. I'm into justice. I'm like, this is not fair. (laughs) So I decided, I'm like, I don't even know. I didn't have an Instagram at that point. I was like, how do I reach people? So I started a blog. Um, I've always loved to write, which is why I'm very grateful now to write for nurse.org. It's really fun for me and I love doing it. But I started with a blog, just talking about burnout and all the things related to burnout and toxic work environments and burnout prevention. And then I decided to start Instagram and you know have my Instagram page at Catalyst for Self-Care, mostly because I messed up setting it up and couldn't do Self-Care Catalyst. <laughs> That's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> tech savvy. Here we are. So my Instagram page at Catalyst for Self-Care is really all tools for nurses, NPs, healthcare professionals in general who need support and who are feeling burnout, aren't sure, you know, they're feeling lost, they're feeling disconnected. They're not sure what their place is in nursing anymore. And they're looking for clarity on how to support themselves, how to connect with others, how to set the boundaries and find out, you know, is this my job? Is this me? Is this like something I should be doing differently? Is this my work environment? Like it's all the tools that really you would need to figure that out. And then I have a mentorship program that I run with nurses and MPs that I basically coach them through that process. And we, we look at those things together and get them to a much better, more confident, more clear place which is something that I absolutely love. So it's evolved into a really beautiful thing that I would not have envisioned when I signed up for my blog at the end of 2019. You must have had knew something was up because I mean, you started right before the pandemic hit. And I can tell you Mm -hmm. about every single nurse was burnt out or is burnt out, I should say. So it's definitely a needed service. And you guys, Mm -hmm. it's so, so important that you surround yourself around a group of people or have access to people even virtually, but someone you can talk to someone you can talk, share your feelings with, as she was mentioning, you could feel disconnected, like questioning, like, I don't know that I want to do nursing anymore. Like you can literally Mm -hmm. what you spent like years and years wanting and, you know, craving and doing anything for to get into nursing school, to do these clinicals, you can literally find yourself a point like I hate nursing literally. Mm -hmm. And just not know what you're doing. And I think there are some, you know, other signs of burnout, being upset all the time, being snappy, maybe being very emotional, Mm -hmm. other than just feeling like I hate my job or I hate nursing. What are some other subtle signs that someone might be burnt out? Yeah, it's a great question. Because a lot of times, like the whole, like, I hate nursing, or I want to leave my job. That's a lot of times the burnout talking. And it's not, you know, with the nurses that I work with, you know, sometimes it's, it's not nursing, like, they love to be nurses, they love being a nurse and they want to be a nurse. It's just that either they're in a toxic work environment or, you know, there are boundaries that need to be set, or there really is zero sort of self-nurture, self-care outside of work. And like leaving work at work is something really important. So I will say that, but when it comes to like identifying burnout, kind of the big hallmarks are, you know, exhaustion that really doesn't, it's not just like, oh, I'm tired all the time. It's like exhaustion that really doesn't respond to your usual methods of boosting your energy. Like it's this pervasive exhaustion that, you know, you do all the things right, you exercise, you eat well, and you're still just really like low, you're feeling really low, that disconnection from your role. So that kind of, I'm not sure if this is for me, like the apathy, right? You used to like be psyched to care for patients. And now you're like, ah, I don't even really care, you know, and that kind of dissociation from your role as a nurse. And also like the feeling that you're not making a difference, the lack of self-efficacy, which is really just that, you know, why does it matter anyway? Like, why am I even here doing this? Like, I'm not making a difference. So those are like 
big three, but yeah, like irritability. I mean, I know when I was burned out, I was very irritable. I am generally a very pleasant human being. Um, <laughs> and I was very irritable. I was very withdrawn. I didn't engage oh. the way that I normally would have like mm-hmm. socially. Like I canceled plans a lot because I was tired all the time. You know, I wasn't really good about reaching out to people and, you know, my sleep was definitely disrupted. So there's a lot of subtle signs, but sometimes like a lot of headaches or even just like GI upset, especially as you're like heading into work, that pre-shift anxiety. I always feel like I'm (laughs) catching something right before work. I'm like, am I catching something? But it really is like these symptoms manifesting, almost like trying to trick me into like, you're too sick, girl. Don't go to work. I was like, literally (laughs) like that. And my, like, I'd be the sickest right before I got to work. And then once I was at work, that feeling would go away because I was already there. But Mm-hmm. Literally, my body, yeah. my body was telling me like, mm-mm, mm-mm. you're burnt out. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. And a lot of times you get that as we leave work too, you know, where you leave work and you're replaying all the things in your head that you didn't do well, or that didn't go the way you wanted them to. And you're kind of already dreading the next day. And you're, you know, as moms, again, going back to moms, like we're dreading going home because we have that laundry to do and we have to make yeah. dinner for the kids. And, and we feel bad because we had those thoughts, you know, and it kind of spirals from there. But like, first of all, any parent out there who's had those thoughts, like that does not make you a bad person. <laughs> Every parent that I know has had those thoughts. We're like, oh my God, I don't want to go home. I wish I could just sit in the car for an hour, you know, lock myself in the bathroom for 20 minutes. Like we've all had those thoughts. So just know that, you know, that is a very okay thing. It does not make you a bad person at all. It's okay if the kids have hot pockets tonight and you didn't cook. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need a moment. And I think that's one of the things that we also have when it comes to mom guilt and then finding ways to make make the time to for ourselves and our family sometimes laundry can sit in a basket okay it's okay it's clean just let it sit in the basket you'll just pull clean clothes out of a basket it's really important that you know first you know identify that you, you have to establish boundaries protect them and then also realize that i'm not gonna be able to do everything or be everything to everyone let me make the mm-hmm. most of what i can and what's most important right now my health my sanity spending time with my family and getting back to the things that I enjoy. Cause I think with mm-hmm. burnout, you don't even know what you enjoy anymore. You just know oh, what you don't 100%. like. hundred percent. And that's, that's something we work on in mentorship because a lot of us, you know, when we are burned out, it, we lose track of what brings us joy. Like, cause we forgot what that feels like, or we don't remember what our hobbies are. Cause you know, especially like, I mean, a lot of, I know when I graduated nursing school, I was like, wait a minute, what I like to do for fun you know, because I had been working. Yeah. It's like studying. I don't know. Right. Um, so a lot of times it's reconnecting with those things. Um, but also again, giving yourself permission to, it's okay to have a hobby as a parent, you know, it's okay to, you know, want some alone time, you know, or whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Sometimes it is, it is hard to reconnect with that, but it is a matter of sitting down and really looking at like, what are your core values? Like what makes you happy? When was the last time you laughed really, really hard? What were you doing? Like the last time you like belly laughed, you know, it might be hard for you to think of that, but like, who were you with? What were you doing? I think just as much as we work on trying to take care of our patients, we need to put just as much effort into taking care of ourselves so we can get back to learning. What does make me happy? What makes me smile? What, what makes me laugh so hard that my tummy hurts? That type of thing. My gosh, mm-hmm. you just said that. I'm like, when is the last time I laughed that hard? You know, like right, the laugh where you I almost know. pee on yourself, that kind of laugh, like, oh my yeah. gosh. And so to kind of bring it back full circle, I think the boundaries in the work 
piece is so important because let's just say during this pandemic, you know, especially even lately, still in the headlines, some people, I forget which state it was, I think it was Las Vegas, you know, mandating overtime and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a tough situation to be in because many of us do have to work, but we still can and should say no to certain things, especially if it's going to Mm -hmm. cause us to be unhappy, unhealthy, physically, Mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, and all these things that contribute to burnout. I don't know where that case was. I don't know if you heard about that. The Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, it's hard. And I've I've definitely had nurses that I've spoken to that have uh, mandated overtime. It is tricky when it comes to that, you know, and this is something that I just had a workshop this week about productivity and, you know, it's not about like the to do's obviously, but one of the things we were talking about is looking at like, okay, let's say like work temporarily is doing these things, or you have more responsibilities at your job for whatever reason, like let's say you're, you know, speaking at a conference and you have more that you need to be doing or whatever, you know, looking at your life and looking to see where, where else you can delegate, where else you can eliminate things that really aren't important right now. Uh, Where else can you automate things? There's a lot that you can automate, (laughs) like have your groceries ordered and just pick them up or whatever. And again, like some of that is a luxury for some, and I completely understand that. But, you know, you can be creative with it too, right? Like letting the laundry sit for a day is okay, you know? And if you do have a partner, like letting go of maybe he doesn't load it the way or he or she load it the way you want, but maybe like the dishwasher can be loaded by this other person and it doesn't have to be you. Yeah. Towels don't have to be folded your way. They can be folded another way. Just let let it go. go. Let it go. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I mean... And, you know, honestly, sometimes your work environment, your dream job, whatever it may be, it loses its spark, loses its thing, you know, and if the mandated overtime is taking a toll on your mental health, where you have to take a leave of absence, or you really are in a terrible place mentally, like maybe it is something where you, even if it's temporary and you work somewhere else for a little while and you switch jobs or whatever, that's, that's okay, you know, and you the beauty about nursing is we have so many options, right? There's so many things we can do. And, you know, if you walk away from a situation like that, because it doesn't align with the life you want to live, that's okay. There's a ton of other jobs. And if, you know, years down the road or whatever, it looks differently, then you can go back. You know, it's like leaving the bedside. It's like a lot of people talk about leaving the bedside and it's like, if you want to do that, and that's what is in alignment for you with your values and what you want your life to look like, not just mm-hmm. to run away, just to like switch it up, you can always go back. Like if I wanted to go yeah. back, I could, you know, we're always worried about like losing our skills or these things, but like we're smart. Bike. Like we're good. Bike. You'll get you right back it. into it. Starting that exactly. I is going to be easy. You'll, you you'll be it. totally fine. So I think that's real important that we, because sometimes we're just so fixated on the, the one area and maybe just like the actual dollar amount, but Sometimes, you know, like she was saying, switching into another area that maybe isn't as demanding or is more flexible on the schedule that's going to provide you the time to actually get back to you and family and the things that make you happy. It's worth it. It is worth it. No one wants to go to work and hate having to go into work every day. Don't you want to go somewhere where you're like, oh, I'm going to work and at least be somewhat happy or enjoyable about it. So so you brought up some great tips. It sounds like these are things that you can, nurses and nursing students can learn from working with you through Self-Care Catalyst. Yeah, sounds like you have course. a mentorship program. 
Uh, where is the website? How do people sign up for your programs? Yeah, so my website is selfcarecatalyst.com and there's a link to the waitlist there. So typically, like right now, I'm working with a cohort of nurses and we'll be enrolling again in May and then again in the fall. Um, but there's a lot of other workshops that I run. The best place, honestly, is on Instagram because that's where I kind of announce everything and I have tons of free content on my website that people can download, lots of you know, there's a boundaries workbook, there's a confidence workbook, there's a post-shift reflection tool, which honestly was the godsend for me. And I, it's there, it's free. You guys can download it. You know, really I'm here to serve the community and these mentorship programs are, you know, a way to work with me if you want kind of a more personalized, in-depth, deep dive into a lot of these topics. Like we do a whole week on boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. Amongst other things. I think that's important. I don't know. I was thinking about like, when, where do they teach that in nursing school? They don't, which is why I did this. I created this because of that. Yeah. And these are the life skills and tools that you really need. They'll train you how to start an IV or to work this XY piece of equipment. But those mm-hmm. skills about boundaries and com- you know things about confidence, stuff you really, really mm-hmm. need to know that's going to, you know, you're yeah. going to use the, in the long game, guys. So thank you so much, Diana, for uh, joining thank us on the you. podcast today. It's this always so a treat fun. to to chat with you. And guys, she's also contributed on nurse.org. So you can go to nurse.org and visit all of her, visit the website. There's tons of great content. You can check out the articles that she's written. Also make sure to follow her on social media and visit her website. Again, self-care catalyst, check it out. There's tons of information for you guys. Again, this is stuff that you need. And even if you're like, you know what, I think I know this stuff, but you know what? I know a friend, I have a classmate. I know someone who could benefit from this. Make sure to, you know, spread the word because it's Mm -hmm. important and sharing is caring, just like sharing this podcast. So please make sure to share this podcast with a friend, a coworker, a classmate, someone who you feel will benefit from this, even nursing students, guys. Okay. This is important. Mm -hmm. You know, talking about Mm -hmm. burnout, uh, mom or dad guilt, and, you know, how to uphold these boundaries. It's really important. So I want to say thank you to nurse.org for allowing us to do this podcast. I, you know, make sure to visit that website. And I'm Nurse Alice. I love chatting with you guys. You guys can follow me on social at Ask Nurse Alice. And guys, if there's anything that you else that you want to hear, you have some feedback on the episode, let me know. You can email me at nursealice at nurse.org. Otherwise, guys, please leave your ratings, your likes, your comments, and all those great things on your favorite podcast platform. And until next time, please make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.